Ronan Farrow's explosive New York Times bestseller, Catch and Kill, is now in paperback and newly updated for 2020. Meticulous and devastating, raves the Associated Press. Part All the President's Men, part spy thriller. For more information, visit catchandkill.com. Welcome to Inside the Hive. I'm your host, Nick Dalton. I am very excited. I have two guests today. My first guest is a banana, and I'm not actually kidding about that. And my second guest is someone who works in the art world who was uh, who had the guts to come on here and talk to me about the $120,000 banana duct taped to a wall this week in Miami. Stefan Simkowitz is now eating the banana as we sit here and talk. That's a piece of art, Stefan. It's a very it's a it's actually a very I thought it was not ripe, but it's it's perfect. It's perfect. Now, it's so do, do you mind if I have a bite? No. <laughs> You can eat. So Stefan is a Los Angeles-based art collector, art curator, and art advisor. Uh, he is very vocal on social media about all things related to art, culture, uh, the economy, politics, you name it. Uh, he is also a very controversial figure. Um, if you look him up, you will find lots of stories, even a huge magazine feature in the New York Times about his approach to discovering new artists. Um, and he is, uh, you know, incredibly smart. I'm really excited to have a conversation with him about not just the banana, but about the economy, about politics, you name it. Um, so as Everyone else in the world, not just in the art world, but in the world, saw this week. Um, and we're going to talk. Can, can you hear the sound of a banana being eaten? Uh, of a $120,000 banana being eaten? I'm sure you can. He's literally is, eating the banana. Is, he gave me a cheap banana tonight. Um, we all looked at this piece of art, if you want to call it that, and thought it was the most ludicrous, ridiculous, moronic thing on earth. And yet you think you have a different point of view. So I want, I want to hear what your point of view is. Who's we all? Speak for yourself. There are many people who think it's a, a brilliant act. It's a, it's, it's a, Maurizio Catlan has, has not exhibited um, a new work in quite a long time. And this banana was just so perfect and, and instant, uh, uh, an, an artwork, you know, the ready-made, iconic work of the social media era sort of his his riff on Duchamp's urinal. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a masterpiece. I wish I had it. I wish I owned it. Would you really pay one hundred twenty thousand dollars for a, a regular banana duct taped to a wall? Well, no, not a regular banana duct taped to a wall, but Maurizio Catlan's banana taped to a wall. I certainly would. Can you so? Can you explain this to me? And for someone who doesn't understand this, so here's, I, I went down the rabbit hole. I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of be a little open-minded about this and, and try to look at this as a, you know. I'm now halfway through Nick Bilton's banana that probably cost him 85 cents. <laughs> it's an organic banana, so maybe a little more, maybe 95 cents. Potassium rich. Um, and so I, I went down this rabbit hole. I read all this stuff about it and everyone's viewpoint, and I can't even believe I did that because that in itself was a little ludicrous. But I came across the art critic from the New York Times who wrote a defense of the banana. And his defense of the banana made me hate the whole fucking thing even more. And his defense was that, that while um, the artist is clearly kind of making fun of the world, of the art world by doing this. The fact that he used duct tape and he is someone who hangs things in his artwork. You know, he's, he's hung, uh, when he did his retrospective, I think in 2011, he hung most of his artwork but from I, the I, ceiling. I, I don't think, I don't but, think, but I, don't think wait, his in, I don't think his intention is to make fun well, that's of the what, art but world. He, so this, this so the I don't, art I don't critic think Catlin's that Times, cynical. The art critic for the New York Times 
called Banksy a joke and a prankster and said uh, that he is, uh, that our banana artist is a very serious artist and this is a very serious piece oh, of to- art. Totally serious. And, the, and, 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 he's, and Mauricio Catalan is not trying to make fun of anyone. There's nothing cynical or, 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 or nasty about the gesture of the banana. He's not saying, look how stupid you are to fall for this trick. It's actually a celebration of, of, the, of the object of sculpture, of the object of sculpture in relationship to how it performs within a, w- within a group, and that group being today the visitors of Art Basel Miami and, and all the people who see the image and experience it on social media. It's a, it's a celebration of the conceptual practice of making art, and it's brilliant. It's also it's also devoid of any moral structure. It doesn't have a moral position. It doesn't preach. It doesn't tell people to think this thing or that thing. It's non-ideological. It's part. It's it, it, it's it's not partisan. Republicans can like the banana, and Democrats can like the banana sculpture. It's not suggesting, and they any, can both they and, can both hate and, it equally, and they, can, and they can both hate it equally. Yeah, and it's done in such a simple inexpensive direct and immediately iconic i, I mean i think it's a it's a I, w- I, I would wish i could have bought this banana so do you think that the outrage towards the banana was more that it was just a banana stuck to a wall with a piece of duct tape or that we are as we're looking at the presidential election you know in the cycle that we're going through right now that inequality is top of mind we all you know everyone's anti-billionaire and anti-capitalism and this that and the other is it is is, does that play more of a role do you think in the response to it or is it just in the same way as duchamp no 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 no. well i i i think the ignorant of which there are many thank you non-ideologically speaking um are always fascinated with this conspiracy of art. Their, 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 their entry point to art is art is a conspiracy. It's expensive, but it's really worthless. And, and the ignorance are always fascinated by this. And the press, essentially, uh, their primary audience is the ignorant, unfortunately. And this is a very sort of maybe elitist, snobbish thing to say, but so they tend to feed into this and they sort of say, well, a banana sold for $120,000, you can buy it at Whole Foods for a buck twenty-nine, or you can buy it at Costco for 80 cents or whatever. And, and they sort of feed into this, this conspiracy, but it, it functions on, a, a, on, on, a, on so many levels. The Catalan and I think Duchamp as well you know, utilize the participant, the viewer, um, the, the people who engage with the object to, 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 to take the artwork uh, and, and, and project it into, into time and space to transform it into something that is actually meaningful, that is distributed, that is experienced as a cultural artifact. And it's a very sophisticated um, and complex thing that happens. And, and Duchamp talks about it in his in his great speech he made, I think in 1956, mm. called The Creative Act, where he talks about the sort of transformation of an object of art that's created by a creator and then is sort of taken over by an audience and transformed uh, through time and space by the, by the spectator. By, he calls it posterity. Um, and I urge all your listeners, if if you if to turn this podcast off and to listen, and to listen to Duchamp's speech that you can find on Spotify called "The Creative Act," and it's and listen to it ten times because it'll really explain this this action to you. But what what is the, the significant? So when he says, "Okay, I'm going to make this, I'm going to stick this banana on a wall with a piece of duct tape, right?" And I'm going to call this comedian. Uh, 
the part that I that I have a hard time understanding from the art perspective is that he says it's worth between one hundred and twenty and one hundred fifty thousand dollars. How do you? How does he, that? He, he, the artist doesn't say what it's worth. His dealer, Emmanuel Perrotin, decides what it's worth. He sets the price. But don't Might you think the artist has? Did you talk to him about this? Did you? I I, I didn't, but I, I don't think Catlin would particularly care whether it's ten thousand or twenty thousand or a million dollars or five hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's like any other artwork. It it has a price based on his his resume, his his market participation, um, and it's a it's a relatively fair price for this work. It's actually, <laughs> I think it's actually quite cheap. I would have I would have probably charged double. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious. I'm being dead serious. I think $120,000 for this piece is, is, a, is a bargain. Okay. So when you look at the response from the ignorance, as you want to call them, right? Do not, you, the, not the ignorant, the people who don't understand art. And instead of making the effort to study and think and read, they, they, they immediately have this reaction of say, oh, it's ridiculous. You know, if you actually take the time and you study World War II, if you're interested in history, and you're going to read a lot of books about World War II, you're going to watch a lot of documentaries. People don't do that with art. They just sort of say, well, my experience is I don't understand it. Therefore, it's bad. Therefore, it's not art. But very few people approach art as something that actually maybe is interesting to study is interesting to engage in in a deeper way but isn't part of that that um that art is so fucking expensive these days and and that a banana duct tape to a wall costs one hundred twenty thousand dollars? no art is not expensive art is actually quite cheap i mean look in, at in, in fact you know some art is expensive catlan certainly deserves to be expensive because he's been exhibiting and showing for 25 years and his work has fetched $15 million at auction, $10 million at auction. He's at museum shows all over the world, gallery shows. He's one of the great artists living on the planet. Uh, so, so no, in relative to who Maurizio Catalan is, that work is not particularly expensive. And art is not inaccessible. It's very accessible. I just came from UCLA Open Studios, where a very talented group of people was just graduating. And you can go there and you can buy work for $1,000, $2,000. You can negotiate directly with the artist. And get really good work. You just have to make the effort to engage in it. So there's no conspiracy out there. What the conspiracy is that people are not willing to engage in culture. They're not that interested. They say they're interested, but but they're not really. Do you think, and you and I have talked about this before, but do you think that the we went through this transition in art and art history where at first your technique and your skill meant everything and now that means absolutely nothing um is is this just the 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 top of the pyramid of that it's not the top of a pyramid i mean skill skill is a skill is some we've gone through many periods of history with art the egyptians at the at during the old kingdom during the first sort of early years of the kingdom produced most of the great art they ever produced the great pyramids um, most of the great work was produced in the old kingdom you know, at the early stages, and then for the next three thousand years, they just had craftsmen copy the same stuff in different, in in you know, different shapes and sizes, but the same language. They never really innovated from. They never even considered these people to be artists. Art has gone through many phases throughout history. Today, we look at the ancient Egypt, and we think of it as art. Back then, they, they didn't even they didn't even have a word to describe that. Art is a really 
strange thing. And today, where we are in the 20th century, the skill of making a painting, per se, or carving a sculpture in stone is something that we understand on mass because it requires certain formal skills. How do you build a table or a chair? Same way. But there is skill to coming up with the conceptual idea as simple and elegant as taking a banana, taking some duct tape and putting it on art fair at this moment in time precisely, on that wall precisely, in this gesture, in this in, in this particular moment in history. It's, um, it's almost like, have you ever tried to catch a fly with your hand when it's annoying you when you're like in bed at I'm night. I'm really good. At, I have one of the tennis rackets. I'm not, not I'm with a the pro. But have you ever done it where you can't find the racket and you just like <clears throat> yeah? And sometimes you catch the fly and you're like, damn, I just caught the fly. I'm it's, good. It's kind of like that. Sometimes art is like that. It's a it, it's not a classical skill. It's not it's it's not a skill that you might recognize. But there is a, an intellectual skill. A, a sort of it's like telling a good joke. You know, some people just tell a great joke yes, and, but, you, and but, you laugh. But you can tell a good joke. You can read a good book. You can you can watch a good movie or create these things, right? And there is a consensus in society that these things are good. Um, some people may dislike them, but for the most part, there are certain things where a, a majority... Oh, so, so consensus means it's good. No, so, so... no, 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 no. I'm, what I'm, my question is, I haven't finished my question yet. What my question is, is, is when it comes to these conceptual pieces like the banana, it seems that the people within the art world look at it as, as a, this great, thing that has you know no one has ever thought of before and people outside the artwork are like huh what the fuck is that they all look at it they all experience it they're all fascinated by it they're all taken in by it why do you think there's been such a backlash to this particular piece there hasn't been a backlash. There's been. A it was on the cover of. The, I mean, it's been on like literally like the cover of the post, and uh, you know, it, it, it. There's. It became. It was memeified. So people were, were duct taping oranges to their cubicles and selling, calling it art. I mean, there has been a modern day backlash. It's not that's like not, they're that, storming the the that, castle. That's not a backlash. What that is that? That's that is almost a deification of the object. It's almost a, it's an ascendancy of the successful artwork into the into the realms of popular culture. It's it's the opposite of a backlash. It might read like a backlash to you, but this work of art has immediately almost instantaneously ascended into the realms of masterpiece. It took Duchamp's urinal decades to to, to, to to make that climb. Now it happens overnight. And that's really interesting because what's happened is the spectator, the viewer, the ignorant masses, the intellectual masses, the people who understand have cumulatively constructed an engagement with an artwork that has immediately been able to transform it into an ascendant iconic work of art. Fascinating. Why? Social media. Social media has taken that that posterity, that time that it has taken artworks to cook to become masterpieces, for artworks to enter the sort of the the status of globally known, iconic, and and it's compressed it into seconds. And the masterful stroke of this piece is it's really the first conceptual object that has achieved this with such elegance and simplicity, bereft of the woke moralizing culture that has sort of invaded the art world and culture industry, it's done so in such a precise way. It, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I'm so excited by this banana. 
even the couple that bought it thought it was ridiculous. They thought it's ridiculous because they're they're supposed to say it's ridiculous because they don't want to be because, seen because as they don't want to be seen as elitist. They want to be like, oh, it's so stupid. We bought this banana. We're really rich people. We're billionaires, and look, billionaires are so stupid. We went and we bought the banana because we're dumbass rich people. But they're actually probably quite sophisticated, and they probably, when they go to bed at night, understand this construct. But they don't want to seem like like they do. They they want to sort of oh, we were so stupid. This was fun. We're just billionaires throwing our money away in a banana, but. But it's but but it's not. They acquired one of the most important pieces produced in the last decade. I have a hard time keeping a straight face when you say that, but I I I can I can take your argument, uh, and it registers. Don't necessarily agree with you. I I think that there are pieces I have seen pieces of work in the last decade that stand out to me as greater, but I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure I agree with it, and I would think most of the people... But but the, the piece also registers the sort of... I love that you're pointing at the at, banana at, you at, ate the flas- as, yeah, well, as at, the... At least to have some potassium. But it, it registers as... as um, as as something that sort of... He, 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 he sort of intuited that social media would... You would, think he did? You think he knew absol- that... Absolutely. This, that this was, absolutely. So what's the difference between this being... Catalan is not doing this by mistake. He is a, he is a surgeon. This is, a, this, is a, this is someone as precise as one of the greatest engineers on the planet. This is a surgical, surgical procedure. This is unbelievable. But is it a this surgical isn't like, procedure? I'm going to see what happens after not exhibiting a work for 15 years if I put a banana on a wall taped in Miami, Basel. This is someone who is who is totally aware and in control of his craft and the ensuing chaos that it would bring to him completely. It is, this is the skill of Catalan. Do you think that, is, is it a commentary on society or is it a... It's not a commentary on society. He's not even saying... But you're well, saying that he... He's not pre- even saying to society, look how dumb you are. He's what is not, he saying? He, he's, he's, he's an artist. He's saying art is alive. Art is well. Art is breathing in this... In this world we live in today where there's so much anxiety and negativity and so much conflict and so much hate and poverty and inequality he's saying art is alive it's it's living it's breathing it's very much here it's a very positive thing that he's done here it's it, there, there's there's no cynicism in this action there's no like look how stupid you but are wait, you bought is, my but banana but there is cynicism in this in this action if you're talking about inequality which is what you just said for a brief second there there if if you're he, seeing he, if he, you're if you're watching Let's just say, for example, that um, he's celebrating art's ability to cut across every single, um, every single sort of parallel and cross section of society. Whether whether people engage in it as an object that this is so stupid, someone paid one hundred twenty thousand dollars for a banana. That's their choice. You are listening to Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. It's not surprising if you have two or three high-interest credit cards in your wallet right now. Why not pay them off with a credit card consolidation loan from my friends at Lightstream? Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Quickly roll your balances from multiple credit cards into one single monthly low payment. Get a low fixed interest rate and free up money in your monthly budget. You can say goodbye to credit card bills and take even more control of your money. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans have a rate of just 5.95% APR with auto pay. 
and there are absolutely no fees. You even get your money the same day you apply. Here's a testimonial from someone that used it. Finding out about Lightstream couldn't have come at a better time. I wish I had found out about Lightstream sooner. 1,000% recommend to everyone. Lightstream has a special, special rate for listeners of Inside the Hive today. You can apply today and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to do this is to go to lightstream.com hive. That's L-I-G-H-T. S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash hive. That's lightstream.com slash hive. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers a subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash hive for more information. As a society, right, don't you think that we should we should collectively be looking at when you have rampant poverty, you have the chaos that's happening, you know, right now all around us from here to Timbuktu and back. Uh, and, um, you know, this backlash against billionaires for a reason uh, that we should climate change, so on and so forth, that paying $120,000 for, for this is, don't you think that that, spits in the face of that in some respects or no Un- unrelated you, 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 how is it unrelated this is the question that one would receive from a young junior priest being trained in the spanish inquisition to basically bring the devil out of innocent <laughs> people before they get crucified this is very dangerous thinking nick especially from a journalist who's who's so present i'm and just popular. pushing you i'm not saying this i agree is, with all the things coming out of my is, mouth i'm this, just saying this trying is to the push. beginning of the spanish inquisition this is the beginning of 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 moralizing confused no nothing the banana has nothing to do with poverty and inequality it's not it, this is not a vessel through but which don't you this think is not a vessel through which all people can carry their ills they're separate questions and they must be discussed and thought separately they have to be passed out separately you can't engage in the bananas the bananas the problem with rich people it's not this banana is the is is the amazing ascendancy of art in in a world like this that art look at this thing he's, that, hol- he's holding the banana i'm holding and shaking it in nick's face <laughs> is that that art still lives that it that that it cannot be destroyed no matter no matter how stupid no matter how how, how bad things may be perceived to be that it's it's a profoundly um, positive gesture. It's got nothing to do with any of the things you talked about: environmental degradation, the ills of capitalism. No, but if you're, if you're, but I think I'm I'm just channeling what the things I've read. So, and there's there's been backlash from every corner of, of a lot of bad writing, a lot of bad writing, and but, that, and, but and, and that really but a lot of and, bad and writing, really pathetic attempt from the performance artist to eat the banana. I mean that people have jumped on. I mean I'm not even going to go with yeah. before. I thought that was that was. I mean it was funny, sure. It was it was an extension of the art, if you want to call it that. But you, you, you know, I, I I might I might take the subject if if we can. Sure. Your viewers might not be aware of this, but across the channel in England yeah. recently, they they give the Turner Prize. This is this fancy prize given to a British artist. And this is sort of parallel sort of stories, big stories in the art world that happened this week. And there were four artists up for the prize. And um, it's a prize that the Tate gives. And um, the artists got together and they went to the, the jury and they said, we can't, none of us can win the prize. We're all equal. We're, we're all equal. We will only accept the prize if we all get the prize together. So you have this kind of like art world activity of like, 
total woke moralizing, like there's no no winners and losers. Then you have this Catlan banana kind of like across the pond in Basel, Miami, that kind of like cuts through the entire art world like a like a hot knife through butter and just <laughs> boom to the right to the heart and kind of like just t- takes it all over. And I think I think Catlan's gesture to me is 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 avoid so many of these conversations of like who has the moral high ground or low ground it doesn't even necessarily discuss the issue of morality it's not intent art's purpose it, 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 i mean art's in art's purpose is not unless you're a political artist is it's not its intention isn't to be ideological necessarily or political its its purpose is to be art. Art is itself something that is unique and the ready-made, as created by Duchamp in the urinal, which is the most imp- probably, in my opinion, important artwork of the twentieth century, is the precursor to Andy Warhol's uh, ripping of images of newspapers and mass-produced and silkscreening. The ready-made, the idea of taking something that is there and taking it out of its original context, taking a, a urinal out of its context and putting it in a museum, or taking a banana out of its context with duct tape and putting it as a saleable object is one of the the sort of profound powerful actions of conceptual art of the 20th century that move art forward from this sort of skill-based um, work that 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 sort of wait I'm gonna I want to interrupt you for a second you you have this there's another I, remind me to talk about Malovich in a second. Okay, I will remind you to talk about Malovich in a second. But you, there was another thing that you talked to me about before we started recording, which was the egg on Instagram. And it is the most liked image in the history of Instagram. It surpassed Kim Kardashian and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you have some theories about that. Tell, tell us what your thoughts are. It was, it was just an, an, an exercise in collective banality. You know, uh, a sort of these guys who, who I don't know who did it, but they put an egg on Instagram and like collectively said, let's all get together on social media and make this the most liked image in the world. So I have a question in the era that we live in today where where everything is connected and everyone is connected. Why is it that the banality of an egg or a banana is the thing that stands out? Well, I think I think. They're two, they function in two different ways. The, the, the egg functions specifically as sort of uh, a, a social media phenomena. It's not, it's not concept, I suppose it conceptually could be considered a work of art in a sense, but I think it, it, it addresses the sort of the idea that engagement is in itself something that is meaningful. Um, and this has its inherent problems. Which are? Um, which are, it takes an audience and it suggests that there is no responsibility or personal responsibility to think beyond the surface of what you immediately experience. So it is almost um, a free pass uh, that you receive to not think or consider. Um, and this is, this is a, this I think is a broader problem in society. Uh, sort of it's... Um, what do you mean, go on? You mean a broader problem in society as a whole or... In- as, as a whole, as a whole, as a whole. It, it's sort of the, the, the lack of, of personal responsibility um, in, in our actions, whether as consumers, as, 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 as individuals, 
um, and our ability to 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 experience things by um, liking something, supporting something, but really not changing our personal actions um, is is a problem. I mean, society certainly faces problems today, as it always has been. Well, you and I have talked a lot about, um, I'm going to kind of transition this away from the banana for a minute. We may come back to it. Um, it is still sitting on the table. Uh, but you and I have talked a lot about um, the economy, consumerism. Um, we've talked about the fact that uh, there are some people out there, you don't believe this, but there are some people out there that believe that capitalism is coming to the end of its life. And there are others that believe that this is just, you know, having having uh, four of the richest people in the world have the same amount of wealth as about 3.6 billion is just, you know, part and parcel for it all. Um, what are your beliefs as to kind of where we are in, you know, when you talk about what you were just referring to where you, people are liking an egg because everyone else is liking the egg and so on. Uh, and the, how that relates to consumerism, you know, talk about what you were talking about earlier with me. Well, I, I, I think, how how it relates to consumerism i mean i think the the evils of mankind have always been the evils of mankind they've always been similar they've always been driven by selfishness vanity stupidity um the the you know and historically they've been quite consistent uh it's just today we're all connected and there are many more of us so in aggregate there's probably just a lot more stupidity than there was 500 years ago because there's 7 billion people versus half a billion people. <laughs> so your, your aggregate amount of stupidity is much greater and therefore the actions that such a, a mass of stupid decisions make is very bad for the environment, is degrading for interpersonal relationships. How we mediate this globally, this is the big question of our time. But we we certainly don't do it by fighting with each other. We don't do it by having rancid disagreements with each other. We, 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 we do it by collaboration. And perhaps, perhaps, and I'm just thinking, you know, as much as the egg and the liking of the egg and making it the most popular image on Instagram is a banal act, it's also an act of human collaboration at scale that is non-ideological. But why can't we, if we can at scale... Uh be the most create the most liked image on Instagram being just a boring old egg. Why is it that we at scale can't do things to try to solve the problems that have come about as a result of consumerism and capitalism well, and so on? Maybe we are, you know, How? I, I think maybe they happen slowly. You know, for example, I look at meat consumption, which, which is down in America, up in China and India. But there has been a campaign through social media, very effective, through PETA and other organizations which, which promote animal cruelty as, as, a, as one of the great evils of our time. And meat consumption has actually declined in the United States of America on a per capita basis. So I think uh, I, I'm, I'm a little more, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a combination of negative and positive. But I think that the, that the powers of human collaboration are quite powerful. And it's just that they uh, happen at, at scale and at a duration that is sometimes imperceptible to us because we focus on the bad things because we, we sort of, it's easier, to, easier to, to sort of look at the bad and not, not the good. So we, we sort of invaded by sort of the narrative of, of badness. But I think, there's, I think there's a lot of 
there's a lot of goodness, a lot of moves towards sort of positive collaboration that is that is good for the world. I'm, I'm, I'm not as, as, as negative in my outlook. Do you think that at some point we are going to get to a point where there will be a backlash to all of this, the technology, the consumerism, the, the collectivism that is kind of somewhat taking place on, you know, the, the fact that, you know, one of the things I find so fascinating now, um, when you look at cancel culture, for example, uh, it is something that you, it is binary. It used to be before that like a small group of people could disagree with you. It's always been binary. If you were black in the rural South in the 1800s, you were canceled. If you were Native American Indian, you were canceled. Cancel culture has always been binary. It's just been democratized now and it's been distributed evenly across platforms of social media. So it's become more difficult to define because it's not defined based on race or, or, or gender or identity. It's based on sort of micro um, sort of micro communities or micro definitions. We have a democratization of cancel culture. But it's also become a, in the same way that, how many people have liked that egg? Is it what, it was like th- a lot. 30 billion? I don't know, no, no just well, kidding, it's not 30 billion lot, people. Like, millions and millions, tens of millions. There's been this kind of collectivist viewpoint where everyone, it's, you know, Twitter mobs, uh, disagreements about, you know, about the liberal viewpoints versus conservative. They have, be- everything has become more binary than they have before. They used to be more nuanced, they used to be more gray. And it seems like that's gone away. I mean, you're the only person I know who actually likes the banana, to be quite honest. But in most instances... It doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It means I'm the only person who (laughs) likes the banana. You know, you cannot deduce because there's only one person who likes the banana that they're wrong. There are periods in society where everyone is wrong and few are right. It's true. And and we're in one of those periods, probably. In what respect? You know, it depends on what on what side of the aisle we are. We're sitting here in sort of nice place in West Hollywood, comfortable, but you know, there's there, there's a lot of people who are in very different positions. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, honestly, I think that's what you know, that's what bothers me about the banana. <laughs> to come back to the banana, is that let's just say, let's just, hypothetically speaking, right? You, uh, we live in a we live in a, a a town, let's just say it's a town of a hundred people, right? And uh, and there are ninety eight people who can't eat. They haven't. They have no food. They you know they have nowhere to sleep and so on. And one of the people uh, of the two people that that that, that can eat and have food uh, decides to to sell a banana as a piece of artwork for. All of the money that could have fed those ninety-eight it's such people. A, it's such an infantile argument. No, it's Nick. not infantile. It's infantile it's a, it because a, if you go to LAX yeah. and you go to the terminal of international flights, mm-hmm. you will find waiting in line people at first class getting on their first class seats that cost twelve thousand dollars a seat to fly eight hours. Is that how much hours. it is for t- That's first how much. class? So, in the first class cabin of one of a thousand planes leaving LAX, some people are spending one hundred twenty thousand dollars to be more comfortable for eight hours while they fly to London. So this idea of the banana carrying all the ills of globalization (laughs) and consumption is absurd. The conspiracy of art is not that great. The conspiracy of consumption is is, is far greater. Yes, I completely agree with you. And I'm trying to get you to talk about the conspiracy of consumption. The conspiracy of consumption is 
teenage girls buying that lipstick, that, that stuff that fills the lips from Kylie Jenner and spending billions on the stuff. That's the real conspiracy. The conspiracy is not Maurizio Catalan's bana banana that actually represents that actually art, conceptual art, sculpture is is living breathing that it can't be killed by this consumerism it's this is a this is a gesture of 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 sort of, of that arts that art can survive this consumerist killing machine that art can can somehow the stupid banana that you buy in a store and a piece of duct tape can can go way over all of this stuff and that's what we should be that's what we should be criticizing the consumerism the consumerism, the the deification of people who 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 are who are considered because they're they're beautiful or, or wealthy. That, that this and Catalan's banana sort of plays with this gesture because because this is how these how, how these systems are distributed today. The the lipsticks, the 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 bloggers, the influencers, they're all peddling some kind of meaningless consumption that kind of or, or some horrible thing that really you don't need but the banana is actually art you can't you can't sell it you can't buy millions of it 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 it, it, it it's a conceptual gesture that sort of that that does so much in the social media era you are listening to inside the hive with nick bilton as you begin planning your next trip, take a look at Cambria Hotels. With more than 50 locations in top cities across the United States, there's a hotel wherever you're headed for either business or pleasure. From Los Angeles to New York City, you'll find a Cambria Hotel with approachable indulgences that make travel better and help you be your best. Whether you want a prepackaged grab-and-go option or you want to explore the locally-inspired menu with a perfectly paired local craft beer or if you want to take in the outdoors on a breathtaking rooftop or simply relax while listening to your favorite podcast or music in your spa-inspired bathroom with Bluetooth mirrors, Cambria is thoughtfully designed with you, the modern traveler, in mind. When you're ready to get back on the road, Cambria is ready to welcome you putting you first with enhanced cleanliness practices and social distancing and exclusive features like Cambria's contactless concierge service, where you can request anything you need from extra towels to food at the bar or checkout, all from your smartphone. Plus, each hotel offers a marketplace with drinks, snacks, and prepackaged grab-and-go options. See how little indulgences can make a big difference when you book your next day at choicehotels.com Cambria. What, you keep talking about the social media era. What, why is it such a big, relevant part? Because we're this? in an epoch. We are on a, we're in a very particular era. The, 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 the onslaught and the integration of social media into society uh, is essentially a historical uh, epoch in which we live. It reconstructs society. It reconstructs how we're connected, how we communicate. It, it, in it, a good way or a bad way? Both good and bad. Do you think more good or more bad? Equal. Really? Equal, very positive in some respects, very negative in other respects. I, I work with a lot of artists on the continent of Africa. I work with artists who can't get visas to America. I work with artists whose work would never be seen because they can't socialize and hobnob with the people at fancy galleries or institutions or openings. They've been able to have their work seen globally because of social media. They've been able to connect with me because of social media and with others. They've been able to find a voice because of social media. Many people in Africa who I work with without social media would not, would, would not even have a, a smidgen of a chance of survival. Yes, 
for good and bad, like every system. But there are some systems that are worse than better. And, you know, I sometimes think that a lot of the technologies we see today have a little more worse than better. Not, the technologies may not be worse or better. How people use them might be worse or better. And how monopoly capitalism has allowed those people who control those companies and those technologies may be problematic. Maybe. Is. 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 Is, 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 is problematic and also good. There's a lot of good that comes out of it. There's a lot of bad that comes out of it. Bill Gates was widely criticized. I just watched the great documentary on Bill Gates. I thought it was very well done. And, and if you look at the work Bill Gates has done, it's exceptional. It's extraordinarily complex. It's, it's, it's far-reaching. So I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with that. I, you don't agree? Well, but the, I'm, I'm not gonna, Bill Gates... I'm, I'm not going to say Mark Zuckerberg's a bad guy. I'm not going to say Bill Gates is a bad guy. I'm not going to say Bezos is a bad guy. They're, they probably do bad things and they probably do good things. They probably do great things and very bad things equally. No the, individual the, can, do, can, can do just black and white. The, this idea of oh, good and evil... I agree with you completely. So, yeah. so, you know, I can't sit here and say they're evil because of this. There is, there, there, there is evil. There is waste. There is... There, there are a lot of things that happen that are uh, that are that are unfortunate, and, and we need a government that can legislate professionally to uh, to correct these things, so they they don't overreach. And, and and that's what we don't have. We don't have a working government with a sophisticated legislative body that that is working together to fix these problems. That's the real problem. It's not that these people are the master evils of the universe. It's that our government, our ability to collaborate as people. And coming back to that stupid egg that has so many viewers, the more I think about it, it actually is kind of interesting that all these people got together and liked an egg. And it's kind of, it's kind of, if I think about it, it's actually maybe not so banal. Maybe it's great. All these people, all different races, colors, classes, probably got together and they collaborated and they achieved something together. It's actually probably a beautiful thing when I when I think about it a little more. Maybe it's not as banal as I thought it was originally. Is it as equally as impressive as the banana? Not for me, because the banana, because I'm an art dealer and I'm an art collector and I'm an art, a supporter of the arts. And the egg is something different. The egg is a sort of... Uh, it, it functions differently. It's not necessarily a conceptual art piece. Um, for me, the banana is 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 a museum grade work. Um, one of the things that you, it's the it's sort of almost like the Mona Lisa of our age. In fact, probably you think you, the banana is the Mona Lisa of our age. In fact, if you hang it next to the Mona Lisa in Paris, you'd probably get people lining up to take pictures of it. Well, they it in, could, in this, Art Basel they had to they this, had to pull the, it pull it from the show because too many people were lining up to take pictures of the banana. The two most famous artworks of the last few years. But, are but, Salvatore but hold on, Mundi hold on a second. Wait, I'm going to interrupt you here. If, if you if people people lined up to see the Mona Lisa. Parsi, because it's so famous, of course. Because it's famous, it was stolen. It was, I think, it was stolen. They had a great story in Paris in the nineteen twenties. But 10s. you line up, you walk through, you know, you walk through the the Museum of uh, Modern Art, or you know, or in New York, or you walk through the, you know, any any of the the great the great museums, and you you know, you look at a John Singer Sargent, and you think like that is an incredible piece of artwork that this person perfected over time. You look at like a. Uh, Thomas Eakins. You look at any of these, because, even because, even the more contemporary. Because you've seen a lot of you've seen a lot no, of. No, because I think work. you can appreciate them for what they are. But if you listen to a piece of music by John Cage, you might be bored out of your mind. You might not understand because you don't hear music like that often. But you understand what color and figuration looks like. 
Right. And you grew, so, most people grew up on it, so they're used to it. Just but, like if you give people who've never had sushi before uni the first time out, they're going to throw up. <laughs> Sometimes things take a little getting used to, and then you have uni a few times, and you're like, wow, can you get me the uni? It's so you're expensive. saying that the future of art is the banana? The future of art is no one knows. That's the great thing about it. No one knows what the future of anything I'm is. I'm just arguing that I don't think that the Mona Lisa and a banana taped to a wall of duct tape are equal. They're not unequal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So you have, I talked to a lot of people and um, for my job and a lot of economists and authors and uh, even people in tech and venture capitalists and so on, even among them believe that uh, to come back to this, you know, consumerism, capitalism, that we're kind of at this point in time where things feel like, they may break um, and that the inequality that we they, they have they, Sorry, we're, we're not at a point where they may break. They have broken and they've broken for many people. They might not have broken for us yet, but Correct. for many people yes. across the country, things have broken and they are broken down. So, you know. But you, you don't believe, you, you think that it's, that this is just par for the course and everything's going to be just fine or I, do you I, not? I, I don't. I don't know what the future is, but I mean, I. I, I have. But I, you're as someone who has studied a lot of history about the way the world we live in and so on. What What is your belief about the, what the future looks like based on the present and the current climate and so on and so forth? I think. I think like like all times, we'll go through very dark phases and 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 very light phases, phases of peace and light. But I. I'm. I'm I, I, I think there are challenges, but nothing that is so unique or specific to our historical experiences as as, as human beings. We're still here. We're still generally at peace with each other, largely speaking. Um, There, there are there is huge inequality. There always has been. Well, it's Uh, gotten worse. I mean, if it, it, you know, I. it depends if you were, uh, you know, a slave in ancient Greece. It depends what time and gotten worse under what time scale. Gotten worse from the fifties when things were so great, or from the sixties when they, or the seventies when things were fantastic. It's like this idea that we're special, we're unique. Our experiences, we are the generation experiencing the worst. We're the best generation because our experience is worse than the prior. We're special. We're not special. We are going through a period, like many periods in history, where we are challenged by complex things. Uh, you know, people were challenged by World War II. That was serious. World War One. There have been many, many challenges historically. There's nothing unique or exceptional about our experience. There's no great po- well, our, I think our poverty the, the is not greater than past the generations. Difference, the difference between our experience right now and the experience of the past is that is, that we've is never the, experienced the past experiences. That there are experiences. Well, but also for society as a whole, like is that the the things, the changes we're going through and the changes we're about to go through are happening rapidly, at a, rapidly. At, at a, a rapid pace, unlike anything we've ever seen. There's before. been an acceleration, which is one of the conditions of this time. And I think that it's only going to accelerate quicker and further 100%, and faster. And, 100%. Uh, and, I, and that is what worries me. I don't think there's anything you can do about it, honestly. I think that if society... If enough pe- if if society got together in the same way they wanted to like an egg and and got together to have a conversation about this, it would maybe slow things down. But can I, let me ask you a question. Yeah, do you commute? You don't commute to work, do you? You're sitting. I'm sitting in my in my. Okay. Loop. I do. I mean, where, I do go okay, to when a co-working you, space. When you fly to London, would would you prefer to be able to get there in an hour rather than eight? If 
Yes, however, I will say this. <laughs> so I would, it's, it's, I would, so prefer, would, would I be prefer nice to get there it, in an hour rather than eight? Yes. But if it meant that um, I was going to be flying over a society where, you know, 50 million people had lost their jobs as a result of that and that were living in, in like extreme poverty because of automation, I would be like, eh, maybe we should, you know, get there in eight and, or get there in six and have a conversation about it. And I think that that's what, you know, if that's what's lacking. So, 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 so what many people do is they link progress with poverty. What and do you mean? They, they link technological progress with poverty. We've, we've, we've sort of come to sort of, we're reaching this time where we're sort of thinking about this link between progress and poverty. We're saying, well, there's progress, therefore progress generates excessive amounts of capitalism, and therefore, and, and therefore that creates excessive amounts of poverty. We really need to separate the conversations out and sort of analyze each body and each system separately and differently. We can't conflate them with each other because then we're going to make very bad decisions about, about how to rectify problems, how to fix problems. Progress is good. Poverty is bad, inequality is bad, but they're, they're, they're linked together in, in different ways. Consumerism, excess consumerism creates waste. Consumption that's wasteful is bad because it degrades the environment. Capitalism in its purest state, in my opinion, is a good system. Capitalism that is corrupted and corroded by by corruption but stupidity isn't, but and corruption, waste is bad there's corruption that is that is humanity there's corruption there's always going to be someone who's going to take advantage of the system so the capitalism in its pure state is impossible anything in its pure state is impossible it, it, that's why there's this sort of warp and weft as alan watts used to say this 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 moving in and balance and out of balance this movement this conflict this 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 movement is what creates balance you know i watch these stupid TV shows with my son. I watch, it's called Brain Games. It makes me watch them at night. And I was watching one the other day. They do this really dumb thing. They take a group of 20 people and they take a big gumball machine. I'm sure many of you, her parents, have been tortured by having to watch this. And they say to the 20 people, guess how many gumballs are in the machine? Everyone makes a guess. One guy says 300, another guy says 6,000. And, and, and you know what they do? They take an average of all 20 people's guesses of how many gumballs were in the machine and it comes to 2650 and that average is 16 gumballs off from how many gumballs in the machine it's really an amazing experiment and you can do it with your friends so somehow this this collective uh, inequality this collective thinking that it can be one guy can think there's 10,000 gumballs another 300 somehow comes up with a measure that is that is completely correct it's a, fa it's a fantastic, simple statistical thing. So I think globally as a society, we're, we're collectively much smarter than we give ourselves credit for as long as we accept our differences and engage together and don't get too sort of anxious and separated to disengage and, and sort of get violent and do stupid things. You know, we, we have to be very measured, very positive. We have to think about things in, in, in ways that are that are distinct. We have to isolate the problems, think about them almost like our professional government legislator would think, and, 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 and fix them in a very local way. I want to, we have about 10 minutes left, but I want to ask you, I want to get back to art for a second. And one of the things that I've 
wondered a lot about. I've, I read a lot of um, these McKinsey reports and, and government reports about um, automation and job inequality and all these and how jobs are going to vanish and so on. And what's so fascinating is that s- the creative jobs that are going to be affected. And so right now, if you pick up a newspaper um, and you go to the sports section, there's probably a couple of stories in there that are written by AI. So it's like a, you know, the Yankees won on Friday in the top of the ninth by, you know, as Derek Jeter scored a, you know, whatever. And the same thing happens with business stories, like Apple stock fell three points based on, a you know, this side or the other. That's the very, very, very minor version of it. The future of that, of course, is going to be maybe the you'll pick up a there won't be a newspaper maybe you'll go online to read the news in 10 20 years whatever it is and 10 percent of the stories will be written by humans and the other 90 percent by algorithms people are you know there's reports about how it's going to editors in hollywood this that and the other you'll be able to walk into your home you know the the vision amazon probably has is that you walk into your home and uh and you say hey alexa i want to watch a a movie that's 20 minutes long with two women leads in new york and it's a comedy because i have to leave for dinner um in 20 minutes how when automation and ai or whatever you want to call it starts to make art what does that look like in your mind you know it's funny i bought an artwork made by an ai piece uh was a google researcher made this piece made by AI. It's a video piece, and I actually bought it um, about three years ago. It looks very beautiful. But looks- is there is there a definition of you know what becomes art based on the? Is it is it the person who writes the algorithm who made it? Is it the algorithm itself? Well, is the, it- well, this is the this is the great. The, this this is the and great. I'm genuinely asking. I don't have an answer to this. It's just no. I'm genuinely mean, asking I mean, this. Th- this is the great promise of art that we don't know, but it will come, and it will be unexpected, and it will be simple, and it will be, it will it will be effective. Um, uh, I think this this Google video was kind of amazing. It it randomized uh, a collection of images, and it's a very beautiful piece aesthetically. Um, and the creator, uh, you know, is. I forgot his name even, and I don't even think his name is important, but I think art always redefines itself. You know, we've gone historically from the Great Pyramids of Giza to the banana duct tape on a wall in Art Basel. We've, 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 we've come a long way. And, and I think- <laughs> Some would say, and, we've not come a long way. And, and, I th- and I think we're gonna go even further. So I think, you know, these- Next are, year it'll just be the duct tape? These are the, these are the things that, you know, automation, uh, if if you know could very well in, in somehow create some conceptual art and people are playing with those ideas i mean many people antoine catala i know many artists thinking about these things and 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 producing artwork with these themes um does it do you not worry you but does do you uh do you think about like what what that world may look like is there a world where we you know eventually there'll be a retrospective at the moment that's written that, that ai had created the whole thing i, I hope so I, I hope to god yes i think that would be great do when 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 you look at the fact that there are that, now that, that will show mankind's advancement and you know our our, our moving forward I, I i hope we see all these things and do you think that there will be a point where the skill that well, skill. I, I, cer- I certainly hope we don't see people building 
pyramids and worshiping the dead again, like the ancient Egyptians who spent thirty-three <laughs> percent of all their GDP on the death industry. I certainly hope we go forward and not backwards. No, I'm just curious of, of who creates it, who whose name is on it, because the name oh, that's it on it, it is... It doesn't matter. I mean, you look at African tribal sculpture. Oh, hold on a second. It doesn't uh, you know, matter. How can you say it doesn't matter when you say that the reason the, the banana costs $120,000 is because of the artist's name on it? If I tried to sell you a banana for $120,000, you would tell me to go fuck myself. Because in this case, it matters. But in, in indigenous cultures and in tribals in tribal cultures, a lot of art production and Indian tantric drawing drawings were made uncredited. The the author was not important. The the the, the object was important. Its its function, whether an African funerary sculpture was important, in Indian tantric drawings, families made them uncredited. So in indigenous cultures and tribal cultures, um, authorship is not as important. And and this from a Western point of view, interestingly, the West has sort of demoted some of these works because they haven't fetishized the creator. So they've sort of they, the West demoted whose works? De- demoted the value of works that are created that are that are that are non-attributed to an individual who is iconicized through a Western lens. But the great thing about art, it's produced in every corner of the earth in every way. It, it's uh, and it expresses itself in different ways, and and if, and, if, and okay. it emerges, but, it, it emerges, and and then sort of is able to sort of stay there through time and space but if the so there's a theory in 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 music history that um the reason that we actually had bach and uh all these incredible musicians for over the last few centuries is because their name was tied to the work and they felt the need and that's why you don't look at the work from you know a thousand years ago in africa there there is no well, well in music theory bach and beethoven and mozart were very brilliant they had unique they were brilliant but they also music. pushed their, they also pushed the boundary forward from the, what was there before sure. right and so my question is is when you look at the the fact that if you you're saying that art is not consumerism right Art can be consumerism, absolutely. A lot of art is consumerism. Banksy's consumerism, Shepard Ferry's consumerism, causes is is consumerism. So the, uh, art is consumed, one hundred percent. A lot of a lot of art is consumed. There's a lot of good art consumed. There's a lot of very bad art consumed. Art is like an emotion, as Duchamp would say. Uh, there's no such thing as something as there's, there's good emotion. There's a bad emotion. There's an indifferent emotion. And, and yes, art is consumed in good, bad, and different forms by many different people. So when we get to a point where an AI is creating the art that hangs in the MoMA mm-hmm. and there's no name attached to it, how does there, what's the value? Is the value based on the number of people that want it? Is it the? I I, I don't know. The media has a sort of a, 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 an obsession with discussing value. Well, because, because the, it's the, it's the media the only, has an obsession it's, it's with the, discussing value with anything because it, it because the, it's the, the only metric that everyone understands. People understand money. That's the only thing they understand because they're not willing to do the hard work to understand anything beyond money. So it's a it's like well, a it's like a a coat is a co- is a coat whether it's on a hook or not. But the hook is the money that that most people who write about art can hang the coat on. So they write about money and its value. Who cares what the value is? It might be worthless. But I think that- But the, if an AI I, creates a successful artwork and it's hanging in MoMA, it'll well, be a great what's thing. Fun, what's funny is that you you want to diss the, the society as a whole because they're- they are obsessed with the value financially- I'm not dissing of the, society no, no, as a no, whole. No, 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 but, but you're the, you, what did you call them before? The, the 
the ignorant masses the ignorant mass as a whole because but what the ignorant masses is doing it's laughing at the billionaire who spent one hundred twenty thousand dollars on the banana or it's or a hundred million on that fancy car or the, whatever it, it is so it's the, 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 the only people are laughing are the ignorant most people are not even aware of it because most people are struggling most people aren't even thinking about well, that's it. my whole point yeah that's what I, that's my, like, in all seriousness, like, that's my whole point is that most people are struggling. And I, th- I personally think from, and look, I read like 50 articles on this fucking stupid banana. And so therefore we shouldn't have art because no, most people no, no, are struggling? No, 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 I don't think that that's, no, absolutely not. I think we, we absolutely should have art. I think art, look, if you, if you go and read, you know, um, uh, man's search for meaning like it, it ends with the reason we are here is because of art and beauty and and that is what it's all about i think that what i just get a little caught up by is the fact that most people are struggling and someone wants to sell a banana for 120 and someone wants to buy a stupid car for uh, you know how many more cars are sold for one hundred twenty thousand dollars than bananas point, actually or how many cameras or how many Fancy clothes or diamond watches or so. So the end, the end net of this I, the, the, is the, there should be more bananas sold for one hundred twenty thousand, not less, because most <laughs> people are consuming ridiculous things for one hundred twenty-two thousand dollars. Building lap pools in the basement of their apartments in Kiev and Moscow. I mean, people waste money on tremendous things: fur coats and raccoon coats and monkey coats. Stefan, this has been. Eye-opening, as always. As anything, always. You, anything you want to end with here? Or should we just, do you want me to get you another banana? Or uh, Honestly, just just, <laughs> just get out there and buy more art. That's what my, was the, what was that's you, my you prescription. You told me to remind you about something. Malevich. Ma- Malevich, yes. is, uh, Malevich is square, black and white. You know, I, I always, I met these Russian tech billionaires once, and I got into this argument about that. We are not interested in art. I'm like, you should be. Like, why? I said, because Malevich basically did this crazy painting was like a black square and i said it was the beginning of binary he basically suggests a painting doesn't have to have color or figuration it can have a geometric object can be black or white that is basically the beginning of the thinking of binary code of zeros and ones and i i honestly think malevich is like the precursor to the computer because that break in creative thinking essentially took color and figuration and sort of created this very binary existence, this zero and one, this black and white. And I really think that was sort of one of the creative impulses for essentially everything that the 20th century is built on. And I said to these Russian tech billionaires, you should love art, you should respect Malevich, and you should be creative and you should spend your Russian billions on on art and culture instead of poo-pooing it and being ignorant about it. Just like all you people who think the banana is nothing. It's not. It's great. It's something. Stefan Simkowitz, it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick Bilton. Thanks to my guest today, Stefan Simkowitz, and of course, the banana that he ate. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. You can find these on ApplePodcastRadio.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And thanks, of course, to my sponsors, Honey and Once Upon a Time in America. Please support them the same way you support this podcast. I'll see you next week for a very, very, very special guest.